Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about 12 rules for men. All right. These 12 rules are really coming out of 12 years of experience in the United States Marine Corps and really celebrating the fact that God has been doing a really good work uh, in me and through the people around me. And I want to be able to share some of those life lessons, some of those key takeaways that I've had over the last 12 years of military service. Now, some of this might sound like it has some kind of military connection, but really it just has life implications all around. And this is for everybody listening, no matter what it is that you do as a profession, no matter where it is that you are in life, I think we can all glean from some of these rules here and from some of these lessons and really grow as men. And so I just want to jump right into it with number one, doing what you're told can get you promoted. Now, that's one of the first things that I learned as a Marine. As a young Marine, I knew that if I just do what other people around me told me to do, other people who had my best interest in mind, I was actually going to get noticed. And honestly, it really points to the fact that we need other people around us that care for us, other people who are looking out for our best interests, other people who are willing to invest time in us. And I think a lot of us can really relate to the fact that there is a lack of men out there who are willing to just shoulder some of the burden with us, willing to come alongside some of us, willing to get like in the corner of the ring and be that coach and be that mentor. Because a lot of people would like to show up to life and just kind of show you the cross, but they don't show you how to carry the cross. And that's some of the biggest complaints that I have with some church congregations is that we kind of just equip people with information, but we don't equip them with the skills and the tools and the knowledge, the way of life to be able to live Christ-like, to be able to carry your cross. And so this entire thing of doing what you're told to do really falls back on the people that you surround yourself with. And I always point to Jeremiah 6.16, where it says that we should stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths, what the good way is, and then walk in it. And ultimately, in the essence of that verse, there's going to be people around us. So we need to have people around us that we can ask where the good way is. We can inquire. And then once we actually get that information, we actually take that step towards that road and we follow the ancient path. And it actually, that verse finishes with, and you will find rest for your souls. And that's what I consider promotion in the kingdom, finding rest for our souls. Now, I definitely will say that there was a lot more to it in my military service than just that, right? This was competing also, being able to have that competitive edge with other people, but hey, doing what somebody else who has gone before you and what had worked for them or what maybe didn't work for them and actually doing those things will actually help you stand out. So again, it kind of falls back on that essence of having people who are willing to invest in you, people who are willing to support you and come alongside you. And if that's not something that you're privy to, if that's not something that you have around you, I want to invite you to go ahead and head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. And there's actually going to be links down below to really help you guys uh, connect with other men, connect with men who are willing to come alongside you and help you on your journey. Now, rule two. This is another simple one, and it really ties into the first one. Sometimes doing what you're told isn't the right thing. Now, right away, I have to point to the dichotomy that exists here, right? So I just told you that sometimes doing what you're told is the thing that's going to get you promoted. But hey, there are times where doing what you're told is actually not the right thing. It's sometimes the wrong thing to do. And really that, man, that goes back to discernment. It goes back to understanding that you have to stand for something. You have to have a certain type of morality and conviction in yourself, no matter what other people around you are doing, right? So stay influenced 
and become influential, but don't be so easily influenced that somebody can knock you off of your convictions like that. And the saying goes, stand for something or fall for anything. Simply meaning that if you don't have a definitive stance on a certain topic, on a certain thing in life, it's going to be so easy to knock you off of that thing. It's going to be so easy to actually sway you from whatever direction you think you were headed because you're not truly grounded in that thing. And so it's important to understand that no matter what somebody else around you, it might be the popular thing that they're doing. It might be the more comfortable thing that they're doing. You ultimately have to respond to one person and that is Jesus. And at the end of the day, if what you're doing is not bringing him glory, then I would question maybe five steps. Let's go five step backwards and figure out where we went wrong here. Uh, so I really want to be able to point to that dichotomy there that yes, doing what you're told can get you promoted, but sometimes doing what you're told is not the right thing, especially when you're surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. And, and, and now get me here. It's important to surround yourself with people who want to push you forward and help you progress forward, people who challenge you. But if I was to stay stagnant in a pool of guys that weren't challenging me, right? I'm not going to grow. If you were to stay in the same pool of people that you grew up with, the same guys that you hung around with in high school, the same group that you got in trouble with, like you're not really going anywhere. So it's important to be able to branch out. It's important to be able to find people who are, are going to challenge you forward, bring you forward and be able to help you on your way. Now, here's the third lesson. It says, getting promoted means nothing when people don't respect you. Now, the first three lessons there have a lot to do with the first three years of being in the military, right? All those promotions really come with time. There's not much that you can do unless you're meritoriously promoted uh, to really get those, those pr first promotions. It's something that just comes sort of automatic, right? You just got to not get in trouble, do what you're told and get there. But you know what? I found that by the third year in, I found that it actually, it's possible to get promoted beyond your influence. And we've seen this all over the place. I mean, think about your own job. There's people who probably hold a certain level of authority over you that maybe you don't necessarily respect. And I'm not just talking about because you dislike them off of some petty stuff. I literally mean they are just not good leaders. And sometimes it's important to even note that there are guys around you who are definitely well, much more qualified, but they just haven't put themselves in those positions. They haven't, or maybe they didn't have guys to put them in those positions to be able to promote them. And I think that, and I've seen it personally, there are leaders that lead from within the group or from below the group, right? So there are leaders that are actually subordinates, but they have this leadership influence that actually some of the more senior leaders might not even be able to have to influence other people with. It's funny because you would think that somebody who has more pay, who has a higher rank, right? So we're talking military here, but think of it in your uh, field and whatever job you do, somebody who has more time in, you think that they're more knowledgeable or they have uh, maybe some more privileges that, and they have some kind of sauce that you don't have. And that's not really the case because ultimately you're dealing with humans and humans work with the currency of respect. And there's no way that you're going to be able to follow somebody, for example, in my case, into the front lines of war and give everything that you have when you don't respect them. And so again, those first three guys, when, you, when you're really starting off in any field, right, do what you can 
do what you're told to get promoted. Know that not everything that you're being told is, is the right thing to do. And really, ultimately, guys, promotion isn't everything. And it goes back to something that Jesus brought up and probably harped on often when he was uh, having his talks with the disciples. And we see this all across the Gospels that whoever is first will be last and whoever is last will be first. And that right there is beyond our human comprehension right here on earth with the types of systems that we have on earth. We want to promote, 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 and we have a ladder and the people at the top of the ladder are the ones that control things. But in the kingdom, that ladder is actually flipped upside down. And so you see something called servant leadership. And those ones that actually have the higher rank are the ones that serve the most. And that's the type of leadership that you want. That's the kind of mentality that you want to develop in order to become more Christ-like. All right, number four. A lance corporal's time matters just as much as the colonel's. Now, for you guys that don't maybe understand military jargon there, a lance corporal is an E3. That guy's been in the military for at a minimum a year. A colonel is an 06. That guy has been in the military for a minimum of 20 years. And the officer, the colonel, is the one that, you know, commands all of the troops and the, the lance corporal is the one that's just falls in line. He does what he's told. The temptation is to look at the two and actually, I mean, <laughs> go against what Jesus said, right? To not have this kind of uh, partiality, to not really look at one better than the other. But a lot of times what ends up happening, and I'll be honest here, you just are just, you know, you're subject to whatever the colonel wants to do. And if the colonel is going to be late, then, hey, he's going to be late and you just have to kind of sit there in formation and suck it up. But that's not really how humans work, right? Because although out on the outside, you suck it up on the inside, you start harboring this feeling of, man, does this guy think that he's better than us, that he can just do this and do that and just kind of gaff us off, as we would say. And it happens a lot, honestly. But we do this even outside of the military. Right? Imagine and think about the last time that you were late to a meeting, because clearly you thought that your time was more valuable than somebody else's. And I'm just talking about a simple, it could be a simple appointment with your doctor. It could be a dentist appointment. It doesn't matter. Your word was that you were going to be there at this time. However, you failed to follow through with your word. I'm just, I'm just pointing at the obvious here. And you showed up at whatever time you thought was actually required. And we are notorious for this. I, I think that when you find men who are punctual, guys who actually care to be on time or even better, they care to be early, those guys seem absolutely different. It's like an altogether different thing to be punctual nowadays. And so I ask you guys to consider, is there areas where you maybe are thinking of yourself as more important than others, right? Is there areas in your life where you are valuing your resources and time is just a really good resource to work here, to work with here, but are you valuing your resources more than somebody else's? Are you considering somebody better than yourselves? That should hit you. <laughs> Number five, lacing your boots right over left doesn't get troops killed. Now, let me explain. <laughs> Right away from boot camp, you're told that you need to do everything the way that other people tell you to do them. And I mean, those other people are your drill instructors, right? And then there's going to be other guys who come after them, maybe one of your first instructors at the school that you, that for the MOS that you were selected for. And then it's going to be the people at your unit. And there's always a way of doing things, right? And so it's really easy to fall into the pattern. And you, I mean, in the military, it's really important to be able to have strict guidances and, and abide by those things. But there are just, there are dumb things. 
that people put into place because they think, hey, I'm going to go ahead and control the mass as best as possible. I don't need to give them a why in this. This is just the way that I want it done. And this is the way it's going to be done. And I'll tell you what, this thing is number five on the list because by the fifth year in the Marine Corps, I was a sergeant and I'm starting to look back at all of the things that I've been fed in the Marine Corps, all of the uh, gung-ho juice that I was drinking. And man, I started to really be serious about some of the things that I was believing and that I was internalizing about my about myself and the people around me. And I came to find out that, you know, some of the things that I thought were important are just not that important because ultimately they're worldly things that have very, very limited value beyond whatever uh, unit you're at, whatever season of life you're at, whatever, you know, location you might find yourself. Like the fact that I'm the fastest runner, for example, at one unit means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But did I, did I love people? Or did I make fun of them, right? The fact that I was the best shooter, right? And this is not, I'm not talking about me, but somebody is the best shooter in a unit. Uh, but then you go off and like, you don't even treat your kids with kindness. Like, does that really even matter? And so I think we elevate these things that are so easy to do, right? I can shoot my rifle really well. I can run really fast. I can follow orders. I can write well. I can read well. I can, you know, execute this tactic really well, whatever. But are you doing the basic little things that actually matter in the grand scheme of things? Or are you just focused on making sure that your laces are left over right? And that's what we actually ask our troops to focus on, right? Like get the little things right. Make sure that your boots are laced, laced left over right. <laughs> imagine that amount of detail and then imagine the amount of time that's lost when you realize, ah, crap, left over right, which way facing you or facing or me facing it. Uh, and these are the kind of conversations that you're having. They're useless, they're pointless, and they have no value whatsoever outside of that arena. And I think that most, the, the best thing that we can do actually is focus on the things that have eternal value. Where are you putting your treasure? And I think some of the places that you can find them is the things that you talk about, the things that you think about, the things that you spend money on, right? Your, your actual treasure, your worldly treasure. Where, where are those things in and do they match up with Jesus? Do they match up with Jesus's intentions or desires or purpose for your life? Or are you pursuing being the highest scorer video game player in whatever game you're playing right now? Are you looking after being the best X at your position so that you can get promoted right now? Right? Again, there's these little things that we can focus way too much on when they really have no eternal value whatsoever. Number six, no one cares how much you know. Now, by the time I was in my sixth year in the Marine Corps, I was in a way different, a totally different position. I was about to be promoted to staff sergeant and I was actually in a student status. And I was learning how to fly uh, drones and it was an amazing time and I was learning a lot. And I think it's a temptation for us when we're learning things to be able to show up in life, especially as men and like answer that question of, I have what it takes, right? Like, oh, I know what to do in this situation. I've got this figured out, but it comes to find it. I mean, you know, like just out of pure relationship, you know, that you'd be annoyed at a person who shows up every single time as a know-it-all. But I don't just mean that. I don't mean the fact that, you know, people are annoying who think that they know everything. I mean that we can actually focus so much on just getting information, getting knowledge, getting things right, and looking at the facts instead of looking at the heart. 
And so I'll pause there and I'll actually move on to number seven because they, they both go together. Troops follow leaders. They know care about them. So the entire saying is no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I don't care how well you can shoot your weapon. I don't care how much you uh, have, how much time you've put in into this profession. I don't care how much better you can sell, right? If you're in sales, I don't care how much better you can code. If I know that you give a crap about me, because at the end of the day, we are human beings first, men second, and whatever your profession is third. <laughs> Actually, that might go beyond even if you're like a father uh, and every everything else that comes before that. And I think we twist that thing up and we start putting our profession in the front. And I mean, you know that this is the case when you walk into a room and you shake somebody's hand and you kind of get to what your profession is within, I don't know, three to five sentences. Hey, my name is Ray and I'm a Marine. I know that my identity is tied into the thing that I do and I'm not really focusing on the heart of people around me, right? And really, I just want to bring up the fact that it does not matter how much you know, especially about the Bible, how much you know about Jesus, how much you know about salvation, when all you are is just a noisy gong and you have not love. And ultimately, that is what we're called to do, no matter what your profession is. You can be the baddest, meanest Marine in the world, but unless you have love, (laughs) you're just noisy. And man, is that true today. I think a lot of times we can get on Twitter and totally forget that we are supposed to be Christ-like in our words and in our deeds. All right, rule eight, grow where you are planted. That's usually where I hear people end that one, but it continues, dot, 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 but seek fertile ground. Now, this one's number eight, because by the eighth year, I was already already being presented places that I was going to go to next, and I was not excited about those things. I definitely was not excited about heading to a place where I felt like it wasn't going to challenge me mentally. It was not what I thought and envisioned for myself and how I was going to be able to show off my skills and the information, the knowledge that I had. But I think it's very important to note that God puts you in places where he needs you. And where he wants you to be. And I think it's really easy for us to see that in hindsight, because the rear view mirror is always 2020. And I don't mean crystal clear. I mean, like a rear view mirror is like 20 feet wide and 20 feet long. And it's just the fact that you can see God's goodness at the end of it all. You can see, wow, if I didn't go here, I actually wouldn't have met this person. I wouldn't have been able to speak into their life. Or if I didn't go here, which is a place I didn't even want to go, that person wouldn't have been able to speak into my life. And so ultimately, I think I just want to point to the fact that, you know, you might not be in the place that you want to be, but man, can you do some real good work there if you would just focus on God and what he has planned for you there? Because God didn't make a mistake putting you where you're at. He did not make a mistake or forget some sort of details in the plans in the grand scheme of your life when he puts you exactly where you are right now, or when he put those people around you that you don't get along with exactly where they are right now. And so again, it's important to grow where you are planted and know that you're supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to be the salt of the world and something that is supposed to be preserving. It's supposed to shine. You're actually supposed to actively be working out your faith. Now, the second part of that is, but seek fertile ground. Listen to me. I know that the Lord can do really good work through me when he puts me around like 10 people who are just 
chronically depressed and they just, the entire environment around them is just depression. And for the time that the Lord has allowed me to speak into their life, I'm going to do that. But at the same time, I'm also not going to make that my campsite and then just hang out there for the rest of my life. I'm actually going to look for growth. I'm looking for fertile ground. And I think we see this in the parable of the sower, where there is an element to our growth that has to do with the ground that we are in, right? So make sure that you're not just hanging out uh, in, in the rocky ground, right? Or in the infertile soil. You want to seek fertile soil where you yourself can actually be planted and grow and you're actually able to be of better use and good use in the kingdom. So again, I just want to continue to point to the dichotomy in these things and notice that there is no one clear cut thing. And it really takes having a sort of relationship with the Lord to be able to look at your circumstances, whatever thing that you're facing and say, okay, well, which one is it here, right? Am I supposed to do what I'm told or is doing what I'm told the wrong thing right now? Uh, am I supposed to grow here, Lord, like where I'm playing, where you're planting me right now, or am I supposed to seek fertile ground? And again, th this dichotomy exists as we continue to look upon the Lord and listen to the speaking word of God. Or, or did you not know that God did not cease speaking with the writing of the Bible, right? The Bible is the written word of God, but there's still the speaking voice of God. And that might not sound like a thunderous sort of explosion in the sky where you can hear God's audible voice, but it does mean that when you have a relationship with God, he does speak to your heart and the Holy Spirit is good to convict you in the things that he needs to. Rule nine, you cannot please everyone, nor should you want to. Now, this one right here is for my people pleasers in the back. I got you. I know exactly how you feel. But hey, imagine if this is rule nine, I'm talking about like my ninth year in the military. How exhausting do you think it is to be people pleasing simply because of a fear of rejection, a fear of missing out, a fear of not being accepted, a fear of not being enough? All of these things are real. And if we don't point to to them in our lives, we will absolutely succumb to them in the most important places. Going back to like, hey, are you doing the thing that actually the Lord has convicted you of, or are you just doing what other people around you are doing and what's popular because you want to people please? I think people pleasing is one of those things that can actually steer us away from the Lord because we are absolutely surrounded by physical humans around us. And it's really easy to see them, to touch them, to be, you know, for them to touch us and impact us. And it's not as easy or it doesn't feel uh, as easy to be able to have that communion with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is like tugging you, it doesn't necessarily feel as aggressive as somebody else who might be tugging you in an opposite, the opposite direction. Ultimately, what we want to be careful of is doing things that is to please men to get their approval rather than getting God's approval, rather than actually being true to what his word says, being true to the things that he has put on our hearts. And really going against that, uh, that thudding, right? Your heart beating, knowing that you're about to get rejected, knowing that what you're about to do is unpopular, knowing that what you are about to do is going to uh, have you lose some street cred, whatever it is. But, at, you know, I finished that rule with, nor should you want to, because when you are seeking pleasing man, right, pe the people around you. You are putting yourself in a prison to those people. You're constantly going to be living in a prison of what do others think about me? And you're going to hold that as an idol. 
that will actually become idol worship in your life. When you care so much about what somebody else thinks about what you just last posted on Instagram, you know, what they perceive about you by what you just retweeted, what they think about you, about the things that you are saying in your conversations, whether you're funny enough, whether you're witty enough, whether you're good looking enough, whatever it is, when you hold those things more important than you do what God thinks about you, you are putting yourself in a prison. And man, is it just such good news when Jesus shows up and wants to just rip off those chains of bondage, those chains of fear of rejection, fear of not being enough, and really saying, hey, it's whatever it's whatever you say, Lord, and it's whatever you do, Lord. And that childlike faith is the thing that Jesus is after in our hearts. And we're moving on to rule 10. The loudest one in the room is rarely the smartest. Hey, honestly, let's point to the fact that sometimes we have to find coping mechanisms. And for some guys, that thing is just, you know, a hiding of some sort of insecurity or some sort of inability, right? And so it's really easy to be able to hide how insecure you are over a grandiose uh, perspective, over a grandiose personality. And so you show up as the loudest person in the room, really to snuff out any sort of doubts that anybody might have about any other part of your life, right? And in this, I'm saying intelligence. And I've seen this play out. I've seen it where a, you know, more seasoned gunnery sergeant might walk into the room and he's the loudest person in the room and absolutely is overcompensating for the fact that he just feels so damn insecure about himself and about what other people think about him. So he wants to ensure that he maintains that sort of, um, he maintains that reputation right? As the tough guy, as the hard guy, as the guy that's going to get in your face whenever you doubt him. And ultimately, guys, that does nothing in the grand scheme of things to be able to bring people closer to you. That does nothing in the grand scheme of things to be able to, uh, yeah, do the things that matter, right? Preach the gospel, love on other people, be able to share times with people that are meaningful and that matter. And nobody wants to be able to share a foxhole with somebody who's like that. Nobody wants to share a foxhole with a loud mouth. I think that we can actually do a lot of good in our lives to be able to just slow down, pull back a little bit and learn to be able to be more introspective about ourselves. Learn yourself, learn to be in your thoughts, actually take thoughts captive and really understand what's going on inside of you. Understand why the things that you're going through uh, are, are showing up in your life, right? Where have you left doors open? What kind of things are you trying to overcompensate for? And how is it that God can show up and heal those wounds? And that's not anything that guys really are so open to talking about. We're not just out there talking about how we have this sort of, you know, daddy rejection issue. And so we show up to work trying to make sure that other people affirm our abilities to be able to be, you know, powerful men, right? Like we don't talk about that. I get it. I understand. And it sounds even weird saying it. Okay. But this is the kind of stuff that I deal with all of the time. And it only sounds weird because we have not normalized this stuff, but like, guys, I'm telling you and in, in my coaching practice, I've absolutely have talked to dozens of men that this is the case, right? We're overcompensating for things. And so really, I want to ask you, and I want to pose this question to you. What are you compensating for? What thing are you showing up so counter to that you're just trying to make sure that nobody finds out the truth about and it, that thing, whatever's in your mind, whatever's coming to your mind, I just challenge you. I dare you to take that to the Holy Spirit. I dare you to take that before the Lord in prayer and see what he does with that. Moving on.
All right. Number 11, guys. Thanks for sticking with me. And this one is powerful here. Cynicism is poison. Crush it before it spreads. Cynicism is poison. Crush it before it spreads. I'm going to tell you right now the easiest thing that you can do at right at any point in life is complain. There's good. There's going to be, I absolutely guarantee it. 100,001 reasons why you should complain and things to complain about right now. And it is so easy to fall into that, especially when somebody starts that wheel, that momentum gets going pretty darn quick. As soon as somebody gets that wheel rolling, but it actually takes a man of high character, a man of self-possession, a man who's able to take hold of the circumstances and say, all right, we're going to stop saying dumb shit. And we're actually going to focus on the things that matter. It takes that sort of man to be able to actually look at a circumstance. And I'm not just talking about positively talking about everything. Like I'm a realist here. I, I I'm optimistic realist. I definitely love to look at the bright side of things. But I'm real about the fact that some things just do suck. Well, guys, sometimes people just don't want to hear about how bad it sucks because they're in it. All right. They know how much it sucks. They don't need you to repeat it. Or sometimes they just need somebody to give them a different perspective than what they currently already either understand or know about the situation. And that right there will actually stand out much more in somebody's mind than you just joining them in their complaining. I think some of the best compliments that I've ever had in my 12 years in the military is that I've kept a positive attitude and a positive mindset where other people's have not. And I'm not doing it into the point of annoyance. I'm not doing it to the point of unrealistic expectation where I'm looking at the suckiest, worst circumstances and I'm like, I'm having the best time. Nobody cares to have a liar in their corner, but nobody wants to have the person who just continuously keeps that wheel moving of cynicism and complaining. I say it's poison because as soon as it's ingested, you don't think that there's anything wrong with you right away, but that thing catches up and it catches up pretty darn quick. And when it does, the functions of the body start to deteriorate and out of nowhere, you're like, oh crap, I didn't know that me being so dang negative was actually going to have effects across other areas of my life. Now my wife doesn't like being around me. My kids don't enjoy spending time with me and my friends don't even want to talk to me anymore. All because, I don't know, man, you've allowed so much neg negativity and cynicism to plague your life. And now you are just a walking bag of just negativity. <laughs> There's no easy way of putting that. And trust me, I have dealt with this many times. And if this is something that you have struggled with, there is a way out. And it is not by just talking about positive things. The first step is just stop saying stupid shit. <laughs> Literally, it's just that easy. Sometimes holding your tongue and controlling your tongue will be the hardest thing that you will do in your life. And you, if you have not experienced that, you have not been married. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, this is one of the ways that you can start impacting people around you. And I just, I dare you to try this too. Go ahead. And the next time that people start to complain, just keep your mouth shut. I'm not even asking you to go and start going in the opposite. That's like next level, high level stuff. I'm just saying, don't join other people around you in the complaining and see what that does to the relationships with people around you. People will actually start to feel uncomfortable when they come to you with some sort of complaint. They'll look at you and your straight face and you just stare at them with that same face like, what do you expect me to do about this? That right there is some of the most notable qualities of some of the best leaders that I've had over the last 12 years of service. And now guys, number 12, 
the most important and the best piece of information that I can give to you. Rule 12, motivation is fleeting, but passion is lasting. Now, I say that because after more than a decade of serving in the military, I will tell you that your motivation juice runs out somewhere around mile three. Then you get like a nice good feeling, right? There's somebody like along the the, the way that kind of gives you a nice cup of that Kool-Aid. You drink that, that might get you to like mile six. But man, mile six to mile 20, it's a long stretch <laughs> and few guys make it. And I'll tell you what, if you were to rely on simply on motivation for some of the things that you need to get done in life, you will not make it. I'm telling you right now, there are things that the Lord is putting on your heart. There are things that he's putting before you in your life for you to take care of, for you to actually take hold of and carry it forward. He's called you to be a torchbearer in certain things in your life. And if you're counting on the feelings of motivation to do it, you will not get it done. You need to run the race that is set before you with Christ-likeness. And that does not mean that you're going to just feel like you want to do it every single day. I hate to tell you, but the amount of times that I've woken up really excited about doing the things that I've been asked to do and that I've been ordered to do are definitely not in the, <laughs> they definitely don't match up the amount of things that I've been asked to do. But the thing is, is that I look at my decisions and I look at the things that I desire to do, the direction that I have for my life, that vision that I have for my life. And I move with that passion and that purpose. And those are the things that get me up at four o'clock in the morning when I'd rather be sleeping, when my covers are whispering into my ears and my pillow is pulling me down. Those are the things that get me going when I'm aching and when I'm hurting, but I need to be there for other people, when I need to be there for other Marines, when I need to show up when it's the hardest and other people would rather just kind of sit on the sideline, I'm not relying on motivation to get me through and neither should you. I'm relying purely on vision and purpose and an understanding that whatever I'm doing is leaving a legacy. And that only happens when you get clear about where it is that you're headed. Too many times I've talked to men who have a general direction in which way they were going. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're on the east and you want to head west, you will go west and you will continue to head west as long as you keep walking in the direction of west. But you know that somewhere around, I don't know, let's call it uh, Colorado, you're going to have to make a decision. You're either going to go northwest or southwest. No longer can you just say, I'm just heading west. And I'm going to tell you, there is a definitely a difference between the sunny beaches of Southern California and the cold shores of Washington state. Okay. And I think that we would much rather be in the sunny beaches of Southern California. And you have to get that crystal clear about things. You have to be willing to say, hey, what is it that I want to see in my life? What things and what qualities do I want to actually cultivate in my life? What things do I actually want to be known for? And then when those opportunities to exercise those things are put before you, you actually get up and do the damn work. At that point, it's actually getting up and putting in the work, putting in the effort, doing the uncomfortable thing and allowing the, the, the things that you are after to actually grow inside of you and to cultivate the fruit that you are looking for, the thing that you are after, the qualities and the sort of uh, essence of the man that you want to become. That right there is a much more powerful than you relying on simple motivation to get the job done.
And I'll tell you what, guys, if you're actually struggling with this and you need to head over to mastermypurpose.com and actually get control of your life, you need to actually take the front seat of your life, take the reins back and get off cruise control and start heading in the direction that you want to go. Go ahead and schedule a free coaching call with me again. That's mastermypurpose.com. Gents, until next time, continue to march. Peace.